You're listening to the Coaching Your Family Relationships podcast, episode 82. No recap. Welcome to the Coaching Your Family Relationships podcast. I'm certified family relationship coach, Tina Gosney. I won't tell you how to fix or change your family members, but you will learn some very vital relationship tools here. And even more important, I will show you how you can affect positive changes in your family relationships by creating more confidence and trust in yourself, allowing yourself to be uncomfortable and do hard things, developing emotional resilience, and so much more. When you do that, not only will your family relationships change, your life will change. I've been listening to these no episodes. I've been going back and re-listening to all of them, gathering up lots of information, And I just want to recap everything for you in this one episode. These are my takeaways from this month. I hope you have your own takeaways. These are some of the things that really stood out to me that I really wanted to go back over. And I think that it's pretty encapsulated in this scene from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) And Pooh asks Piglet, he says, how does one become a butterfly? And Piglet replies, you must want to fly so much that you are willing to give up being a caterpillar. You mean die? asked Pooh. Yes, and now Piglet answers, what looks like you will die, but what's really you will live on. And that is what we're talking about. Knowing ourselves enough so that we can move on from this current version of ourselves into being from a caterpillar to a butterfly. What are the things that are keeping us from knowing ourselves, from allowing ourselves to move into that position of going into the next version of ourselves? One of the things that Amy Gianni brought up was it's our ego. It's our mind's view of who we already think that we are. If we are holding on to a current view of who we already think that we are, we're not allowing ourselves to move. It's a this view of certainty. Once we are certain about something, we stop questioning. We stop looking for new information and we stop trying to grow when we are so certain. But challenging what our mind thinks and wants to hold on to can be very, very difficult. If we don't do it, we never move past this current version of ourselves. And we're not meant to stay caterpillars. We're not meant to stay this current version of ourselves. We are meant to grow. But in order to grow, we have to become just like that caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. We have to let the old us die for the new one to be able to show up. There is a lot of fear there. There is a lot of fear for allowing ourselves to move into a different version because certainty feels safe. Certainty that we already know everything about ourselves is feels just feels much more safe and we really put up walls and try to avoid fear. It's like we've taken a script that someone or something else gave to us and told us that this is what we wanted or this is what we were supposed to want. And we just took it without really ever checking in with ourselves to see if it was something that we actually wanted for ourselves. And this happened before we even realized what was happening. It happens as we're very, very young children when we don't really even have a say or a choice. And another thing is that we merge with other people 
to get our own sense of our own value and worth. It's another thing that happens when we're very young. We, we rely on other people to give that to us because we don't know how to give it to ourselves. But that's a developmental thing. That is what children do. Many people don't move past that developmental stage of giving them their own sense of value to themselves instead of looking outside of themselves to provide that for them. And another thing that gets in the way of us wanting to do this work is that we think that this idea of spending time on ourselves is selfish. But when we do things that are in alignment with who we are, we do them from abundance and from truly wanting to give and be of service instead of serving from scarcity and thinking that we need to give service in order to be a good person. So these are just some of the things that get in the way of us even wanting to do this work, even wanting to move into this butterfly version of ourselves. But I'm going to tell you, when you are willing to do this work, these are just some of the things that you can create. Amy talks about intimate, connected, and collaborative marriage. Think about what that looks like. Most people are not in that kind of marriage, intimate, where we are knowing our spouse and willing to be known fully by our spouse. Connected, collaborative, we're working together. Most people do not have this kind of marriage. Many people think that they do, but when they really discover what it takes to have that kind of marriage, they realize that it's not as prevalent in their marriage and in their relationship as they thought it was. Another thing we get is more understanding and more compassion. You see this in the young adult episodes. The more connection in, not just in our marriage, but in other family relationships. Because when other people feel like we really hear and we understand them and we care about what they think, they're more likely to listen to what we have to say too. We have more influence in their lives. Stephen R. Covey talks about seeking to understand before you seek to be understood. And again, most people don't understand what this truly looks like in their life. Seeking to understand someone, to ask questions, to find out what is going on for them, why they are saying and doing the things that they're doing. And and especially as parents, we just want to move into the fix-it mode, move into the control. Let me show you how to do this. You need to do it my way because I can't handle you making these mistakes. I can't see you do this to your own life. So we move into that control role. But what would change with our kids, especially with our young adults, if we were able to really just sit and listen and to hear them in a very personal and compassionate way. We also, by doing this work, we get a better understanding of our own strengths. We can lean into those so they benefit us and the people that we're in relationship with. And when you know yourself better, when you know what your strengths are, when you know what you struggle with, you are more honest about yourself and you're more honest with other people. When you're more honest, you show up as a better, more solid version of yourself, leaning into your strengths, creating goodness that influences others. You become a more solid you. And that is more goodness in your life 
which creates more goodness in your family's life, which creates more goodness in your church community and in your your neighborhood and your community at large, and that creates more goodness in the world. Who doesn't want that? All from you showing up as a more solid you. And another thing, as I was listening to this episode, I was just thinking, gosh, if we could just do this, we would have less resentment in our lives. We would have more honesty with ourselves and with others. We would be more willing to be authentic with ourselves and with others. That's some beautiful stuff there. Amy talked about some things that can help us get to know ourselves better. And one one thing that she said was stillness. And I'm going to add silence to that. Because how often are we just still? How often do we allow silence to be there without trying to fill the space in our lives? Purposefully allowing silence, allowing stillness can be very powerful, but many people are so scared of allowing that they don't, they can't sit. And that's really what we're talking about is a form of meditation. And I will tell you that most people can't sit even 30 seconds in stillness and silence before they're getting very antsy and wanting to fill that space with something. We live in such a loud world. You have to seek out silence and stillness on purpose. And if you're having trouble doing that, ask yourself why. Why am I having so much trouble sitting still and allowing silence? What am I afraid of? What is hard about that for me? This last episode, I talked about self-confrontation. This is another thing that can be very powerful for us to help to get to know ourselves better, to be asking ourselves, what is my part in this situation that I'm very unhappy about right now? What is my part in this disagreement with this person that I have? How have I contributed to the very thing that I don't like? Self-confrontation, asking yourself hard, hard questions and being honest with yourself. Another way that we can get to know ourselves better is to know why we do what we do and why we react to things the way that we do. There's many different ways that we can get to know this, but the three that I outlined are the four tendencies, the Enneagram, and the Via Strengths test. There are many others, like I said, but every time we take a test like these, we learn our something about ourselves. We learn a little bit about why we do what we do. It's a little bit humbling to look at to look at the results of these tests and to feel like you're set into a box that someone is just reading your internal thoughts, isn't it? It's a little bit, I feel like I'm a little bit called out every time I do one of those. But that can be a good thing, right? When we, we start to see our experience written down, something that feels really true to us in this model that we've been given and that we can look at and take a look at and see written down on a piece of paper is it's humbling, but it's also really powerful. And remember, every time we take a test like this, our, re- our results are skewed by our own perceptions of who we are. 
we don't answer these questions objectively. We answer them according to how we see ourselves. And if someone else were going to take the test for us, about us, their answers might be completely different. Which also goes back to self-confrontation. We don't see ourselves accurately. Other people often see us more accurately than we do. But if maybe we take the two and combine them, how does this person see me and how do I see myself? That's probably the most accurate view of yourself. What are some of the things that we've learned this month about helping us to get to know our family members better? Well, one thing is being a better listener because we are terrible listeners. We listen usually in two ways. We listen long enough to find something to disagree about. And then we interrupt them and tell the person how they're wrong. And we try to convince them that they're wrong. Or we don't even really listen at all. And we start just formulating our own response in our brain. We're not really listening. We're just thinking about what I'm going to say when this person stops talking. This is not listening. Listening is, I want to know what you are thinking right now. And I'm interested in that. I want to know when I'm going to try to understand what you are telling me and what this experience was like for you. Not so I can fix it, but so I can walk alongside you and I can be a support to you. And listening is, even though you're telling me something right now that's really hard for me to hear, I'm going to try to be open to it so I can know you better. And I can understand how your experience is of me. And together, we are going to be better for it. We don't just listen with our ears. We listen with all of our senses. All behavior is a form of communication. So I'm not just going to hear what you say. I'm going to watch what you do. And I'm going to let that teach me things about you because there's much more to learn than by just what you say. Another thing we can do to know our family members better is to work on becoming a compassionate observer in our own life and in the lives of our family members. This involves taking a step out of ourselves and looking at it from an outsider's point of view that is very understanding and compassionate. The more we understand why people do what they do, then their actions and reactions begin to make sense. And the more we know who we are and we have a firm grasp on our own sense of ourselves, the less we react to their actions. And the more we can take a step back and we can see that their actions have a lot more to do with them and much less to do with us. We begin to see the bigger picture. And this helps us to release judgment and to see things more clearly. I hoped you really listened to the young adult episode, the getting inside the mind of the young adult. You heard how two common emotions of parents get in the way of your young adult leading their own lives and learning from their own decisions. You heard how many parents are wanting to take away the very thing that will help their child to grow. And they're taking it away because they're afraid. Fear will keep you from knowing your family better because you won't want to ask the hard questions. You won't really want to know the truth. You're going to want to know your version of the truth or control that version in some way. You will not allow them to make decisions that you were afraid of. And you're going to hold on so tightly 
that they will feel controlled or smothered or frustrated by you. And that leads to rebellion in some way. But when you deal with your own emotions, the fear, the worry, the sadness, or something else, when you learn to process those and work through them inside of yourself instead of outside of yourself, your higher brain will then be able to kick on and help you think better. Your thoughts and judgments won't be clouded by the emotions that you're experiencing. Learning how to do that is tricky. We are so used to working out our emotions outside of ourselves that very few of us know how to work on those emotions inside of ourselves in order to get into that place where we are not clouded by the emotions. I will send you back to episode 63 for processing emotions. This is a really great episode that teaches you how to take care of those emotions inside of yourself instead of outside of yourself. So there will be a link in the show notes for you to go back and listen to that episode. You know, there's some really common misconceptions of doing this work, of getting to know yourself better. I mentioned one of them before in that we think that we'll by paying attention to ourselves, spending time on ourselves, we're going to become selfish. I want to tell you, though, if you're moving into a more firm grip of who you are, you're not pushing people out of your life unless there's some type of safety issue. You're, if there is a safety issue, you're, re- you're realizing that through this process, and that's something that probably needs to happen. What's more likely to happen, though, is that you're learning how to set healthy boundaries in your life. You're getting more clear on where your fences are, and you're showing people how to enter your world in a way that is loving to you and more loving to them. You're not becoming a more selfish person. You're actually becoming a more loving person and a more whole, complete person. Another common misconception of doing this work is we think that just because we learn new information about ourselves, we think that we have to act on it. It's the same It's the same thing as not wanting to go to look at a model home because you think if you go look at a model home, then you're going to want to buy everything in it and you can't buy the house or buy, make your house look like that. And so you're going to feel bad. It's the same idea. But just because we learn new information about ourselves doesn't mean that we have to take action on it. It just means that we have new information about ourselves. Maybe you've learned through this process that you would really like to go back to school and study something in order to have a career or a different career. That doesn't mean you have to do it right now or ever. You still get to decide if you're going to act on that thing that you have found out about yourself. You get to decide what you, what you want and your desires that you have that you pursue or you do not pursue. But you also get to own the decision to pursue it or to not pursue it. And that is power right there. I thought of some lasting benefits of knowing yourself better. I just made a short list, and I'm sure that there are so many more, but this is the list that I came back with. It's a way of maturing and growing up emotionally to take responsibility for ourselves. That's number one. Number two, when you know yourself better, your foundation feels more solid. Your relationships with others feel more solid. You have a greater ability to let other people be who they are 
without you needing them to change so that you can feel good about yourself. Number three, you have less need to try to get validation from other people because you already know how to give it to yourself. Number four, you're able to handle your own emotions. Can't even tell you how huge this is. Because so many of us numb our emotions or we spill them out into the world and make them a problem for everyone around us, or we just stuff them into a closet and pretend like they're not there. But when, you are no, when you're knowing yourself better, you don't do those things. You can handle them. You become a person who is more capable of handling your own emotions. And number five, you are better able to handle the discomfort of your own growth, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Because make no doubt about it, there is discomfort in growth, but you can handle it. I want you to join me next time as I welcome back Amy Gianni and we introduce February's topic, which is love. Great topic for February, right? But love here is going to look different than you think it is. We might just redefine what you think about the word love and the meaning behind it. So I will see you in February for love in the No Love and Grow series. Don't forget to go download the free PDF journaling questions I have for you. 30 journaling questions for you to start to get to know yourself better and start doing this work. For you, turning yourself from a caterpillar into a butterfly. I'll see you next time.